today we're going to be talking about Ingrid Goes West and Tulip Fever, so stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Review. Welcome to The Real Review, sponsored by Parametric and Lazy Ape Studios, where you get some of the latest happenings, real thoughts, and perspectives in the world of film and television. I'm here with Matt, hates the AC. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? So true. I'm, I'm living, surviving. You're surviving, yeah. yeah. That was a joke. I probably shouldn't joke about that, actually, but <laughs> you've been having some AC issues at your home. AC issues. In yeah. Phoenix, it's no joke, yo. It's not. This time of year, you can yeah. have some significant issues from having AC problems <laughs> in Arizona during the summer, but uh, yeah. Who am I today? Yeah, Joel. Uh, um, everybody, I'm, I'm with Joel. Uh, my overdose from Lacroix Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there. Probably yeah. they're gonna if they ever come out with a study saying that Lacroix are really bad for you, then I feel like that's I'm gonna be eligible soon. for that study. Probably. That's gonna come soon. It's gonna come about. It's gonna come about five years too late, and they're like, if you consume this much Lacroix, you might die. And you're yeah. like, I'm like way past that. <laughs> well, if they, the good news is, is if they do a cross like a some sort of lawsuit, some sort of cross action. What do they call it? Cross action lawsuit or whatever. Class action. Class action, not cross, cross action. action. Wow. <laughs> Class action lawsuit. I would just rake in the ca- the cash. I mean, I've invested yeah. so much in there. Yeah. To there pay go. for your funeral costs. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor family. Anyway, yeah. So welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is the real review. This is where Matt and I talk about all the ways Joel's probably going to die in the future. Sure. Yeah. No, so this is uh, where we like to review films. And uh, Matt and I kind of approach things a little bit differently. Matt tends to be a bit more of the kind of fan perspectives. Yeah. The, the fun, good side of things. And I tend to be a bit more of the controlled, uptight, uh, critical type perspective. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Matt, why don't you give our listeners some great ways to get connected? It sounds like a wonderful plan, Joel. Yeah. So you all can get connected with us a myriad of different ways. First of all, we have a website, realreviewmedia.com, which mm-hmm. we update that thing pretty frequently with movie news, uh, reviews, the podcast updates, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah. And then uh, you can find us at on our social media uh Interconnected web universe, yep. <laughs> uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Real Review Media, Facebook.com slash Real Review Media. There it is. And uh, send us emails, Real Review Media at gmail.com. Make We'd it happen. To hear from you. That's real, spelled R E E L. This is like a fishing line. That yes. was my attempt at a fishing line. Didn't work. <laughs> Much better. Much better. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about two films. Uh, Ingrid Goes West, which is a limited release film that came out actually a little while ago. It's a sequel to Five Goes West. Yes. Not at all. No? Uh, no, not oh, at all. Okay. Well, um, then I'm... I'm- going to go and very dis- be disappointed then, huh? Yeah, probably. Although oh, I did like Feifel. This is a different type of movie. Okay. Completely no mice were harmed in the making. Do they sing no songs called Somewhere the Out There? No, they sing a song, okay. but it's not anything near that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did really like Feifel Goes West is probably one of my favorite films. It's actually one of the first films I remember watching, interestingly really? enough. Yeah, one of the first films. So uh, interesting, interesting little tidbit of information on Joel. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about that film, and then additionally, we're going to be talking about Tulip Fever. Um, There was not a lot of good films that came out this weekend. This is the worst Labor Day weekend in, like, millennia. Yeah, (laughs) super low amount of people, and even at the movie theater, I went, I saw both of these films sort of as a back-to-back type thing. Ooh, double feature. Yeah, it was dead, just completely dead. Um, 
most of these auditoriums for both of these films, which is sad because I we'll talk about Ingrid, but I was kind of hoping more people would be in there. But mm-hmm. it was they were about equally packed, but it was probably only me like ten or ten other people or something in the theater. Yikes. So yeah, for Labor Day weekend, you'd expect a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let's get into discussing some films. Let's do it. Yeah. So we're gonna start off with Ingrid Goes West. Um, this is a film uh, about an unhid social social media stalker who moves to LA and insinuates herself into life of an Instagram star. Uh, it's got a pretty good cast. Um, it's got Audrey Plaza, who, Aubrey. Sorry, Aubrey. Not yeah. Audrey. Aubrey Plaza, who stars as Ingrid. You've got Elizabeth Olsen, who's Taylor. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., who's Dan, uh, Dan Pinto. Uh, Wyatt Russell, who's Ezra, who's basically the the husband of Taylor's character in the gotcha. film. And then Billy Magnuson, Magnuson, I think it's Magnuson, who plays Nikki, who's the brother of Elizabeth's character, uh, gotcha. Taylor. Um so this film is also directed by Matt Spicer, and he's a bit of a newcomer. It's a Neon Studio film, and I, I personally don't know too much about Neon Studio. I haven't seen a lot of other projects by them up to this point. Right. I didn't have a chance to look into too much, but um, he's a new director, and um, I think for first outing, uh, he has done a bunch of shorts, um, short films that he's like written and directed and stuff, but they're, okay. they're mostly shorts, and they kind of came over out of the course of 2012 to 2016. This is his first full-length feature as listed on IMDb. Oh, good for so, him. Yeah, this is a first film for him in that sense, and I think it's a great outing for a first film, and I think if you're going to start with any type of film, I think as a director, this is a great one to start with, not only because of the film being a good film, um, and I, I'll, I'll talk about some negatives, but I think overall it was a very positive experience nice. watching this. Um, this is the kind of film I feel like really will bring you close in with a lot of uh, critics and reviewers. You know, he's not starting with kind of like trying to get a film out that just has the most the mass market appeal type yeah, thing. Yeah. This is in a sense a it's more it's not an art film, but it's got a def, definitely a different type of message than a sure. lot of the films that are coming out right now. And I think especially for critics, they're going to look at this and say like, wow, this is a great film for this like first time director to kind of come on board and come cool. into the industry. So uh, glad to see that. Yeah. And um, as for the film itself, um, it was an interesting thing. You know, I'd seen some previews for this in the past. And the really the reason that I wanted to go see it was I'd heard some positive buzz about it. And again, there's just not a lot of other really good films that are out right now. And right. so um, as soon as I saw it pop up, I was like, oh, hey, I should totally go see that. Um, it's got Audrey Plaza, Aubrey Plaza in it. And we've seen her in a couple different types of roles. In the Legion. Cool <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've seen her kind of really break out of that standard. Like Parks and Rec. Yeah. Parks and Rec. She she was kind of this dark, somber, kind of sarcastic character and a comedic actor by far. And she's definitely, over the course of the last little while, moved out of that sort of comedic type role more into the darker, dramatic um, sort of mentally unstable right. type roles. And I think it's very fitting for her. I don't know. There's just something about her at times, especially in this film where you see her and you're like, there's just not, there's something that's just not right. clicking yeah. quite the same way as it would for maybe a normal yeah. everyday person to approach something. Um, <laughs> and I think in talking about the film as a whole, one of the things that I love so much about this film is it was a very satirical type film. It's it's not taking itself super seriously, but it is at the same time. Um, did you ever see that film, Thank You for Smoking? Uh, no, Aaron Eckhart, right? Yes, no, Aaron Eckhart. That, so uh, that film basically tells a story of a guy that's hired to um, defend sort of the, the cigarette industry right. and the tobacco industry. And he plays this guy and he's kind of the smarmy guy, but he makes a lot of really good points throughout the course of it. And it's very satirical mm-hmm. in the sense of where our culture is. 
Um, this film is similar in that way. It it satires very heavily sort of two things. One, the constant desire and need of our culture to be very socially connected, to constantly be posting things on Instagram and trying to get likes and, you know, let me take a selfie type culture, right. that constant need for grat- gratification and attention through social media. So it satires that. Then in addition, it satires just our culture kind of like the very hipster sort of postmodern culture. It very much satires that by in very subtle ways. And I think that's why I loved it so much. It, it even in the way that the characters sort of interact with each other, um, Elizabeth Olsen's character, Taylor plays this like social media girl where she's like super popular in social media. And she's got like 150,000 viewer or like mm, followers, followers on Instagram yeah. and she's always posting things. And you can tell that she's kind of like using that yeah. to like try and, build up a bigger and bigger following all the time and it's kind of like she lives this sense of like oh my gosh that's just so fabulous like <laughs> wow and she's just putting up this face all the time where yeah. she's just trying to pretend like everything is just so awesome and yeah. cool and you can tell though that she's at the same time she's using that to manipulate people yeah um and audrey um Aubrey falls in love with those types of people you yeah. know she's the stalker character that when she gets around that that lifestyle she she desires to be that she wants to be that and she falls in love with that fake person that she sees on the social media and this film could have very easily also gone more towards a darker sort of horrific style tale sure. but they did a very good job of floating of uh, floating the floating <laughs> uh, floating this fine line between sort of the humorous satirical way of satiring right. that culture but also almost being a little bit unnerving and unsettling because she is a bit mentally unthere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they have this scene at the very beginning, which kind of immediately kind of tells you what sort of person she is. And I'm not going to spoil too much here, but um, uh, Ingrid, Audrey Plaza's character, uh, keep saying Audrey, Aubrey. Yeah. Aubrey. Uh, Ingrid, her mother just passed away and she was not invited to this wedding and she goes to the wedding and she's like watching it get updated on social media and you can see she's just watching yeah. it, watching it and so at the beginning she like goes to this wedding and she's like wearing like a sweatshirt and that was in the trailer like, yeah and she's wearing like a dress and you think that like <laughs> like she hasn't been like invited or like she got disinvited to this wedding or something like that. and then she's she pepper sprays the bride and she's like <laughs> she's like this is what you get basically for not inviting me and so she like pepper sprays the girl and you think that like wow they must have had some huge falling out right or something like that. But then like later later on there one of the person makes a comment like, You didn't even invite her. Like she wasn't like she was expecting to be invited to the wedding and she never got invited. So you realize that she's just that mentally unstable. Right. That okay. she sort of expects to have been invited and she never got invited. There's... And because of that, she was willing to go to the extremes of pepper spraying the poor bride. Wow. You know that is some extreme like commentary on yeah, to yeah. that. That that reminds me, all of that reminds me of um the Black Mirror episode um, with Bryce Dallas Howard's character. She's going to a, a wedding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, and like, it's very similar to that episode. And it's all about like gaining likes and the social media aspect of yeah. your interaction with people and how crazy it can make you, especially her character in that. I know it doesn't go that far. Right. But... But um, close. It just reminds me of that I, so much. I think the biggest difference is obviously that's a future. Like in that, it's yeah. a completely sort of different future in an otherwise normal world. There's some you know technology things and stuff that exist that make that type of lifestyle possible in uh, Black Mirror. But if you want a good example of kind of the idea behind this episode or this, sorry, this movie, that's a great way to yeah. get into it. Um, and I think what it did so effectively at times is it it 
you know when you get into a movie and there's like that that want to make you squirm because it's kind of like the office it's like uncomfortable yeah yeah, yeah. And like it's michael kind scott of, saying stuff he shouldn't be saying yeah, to people um this movie's like that but not not in a way because he's just doing something that's so just stupid you know <laughs> that he's put himself in this bad place yeah. but because she's doing something that's just really uncomfortable and yeah. so you're kind of squirming and you're laughing at it out of like that <laughs> yeah like you're like, like a nervous <laughs> yeah like a nervous laughter <laughs> but then you actually find yourself like laughing at it because of how ridiculous in a way yeah. it is and at the same time it leaves you with this sense and i don't want to spoil the ending to this movie at all because i think it leaves you with a lot of questions you oh, know cool. maybe about our culture maybe about who i am um but it leaves you with a sense of like well maybe i should think about that and and maybe i should think and i could i could definitely feel some people may be getting upset about this movie because they feel like it maybe it didn't go far enough because it didn't go into that whole like horrific. Right. You know, she doesn't really, it's not like people end up murdering each other or torturing each other or anything like that because it didn't really go in that direction. But I think yeah. that would have been a disservice to the satire because this becomes a much more real satire in a sense. This You could actually see something like this more or less happening. You know, she moves out to, so... At the beginning of the film, after the wedding stuff, she moves out to L.A. After she starts, she sees this girl in the magazine, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen. She sees her, and she basically becomes the new target of yeah. um, uh, of Ingrid's sort of you know desire to to copy. And so she moves out to L.A. She takes some money that she gets from her mom that left she left her in her will, and she moves out there. And she sort of figures out this process and this way of like pulling pulling herself into um, Taylor's life and becoming uh-huh. important to her. And she becomes effective enough at sort of hiding that stalkerish tendency because she knows that's not normal. Yeah. Okay. So she becomes effective. She's aware at, of that. Right. She's aware of it. And she, okay. it's, it's funny. It's almost painful because when she first approaches Taylor, you can tell that she's not there yet. And yeah, it turns into this really awkward scenario. And it's, just, <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, and then this guy who, um, is played by O'Shea Jackson, who's kind of the landlord mm-hmm. for the room that she ends up renting. Um, in the film, his name is Dan. He plays such an amazing character. So he's this wannabe screenwriter guy that um, is obsessed with Batman. Okay. And it's just hilarious because they use Batman perfectly throughout the thing. Like she uses it as a... Um, Ingrid ends up using that as a manipulative tool to get him to kind of... Because he kind of falls in love with her okay. and really becomes interested. And she uses that at times to manipulate him as a sociopath would do. They are very effective at, at knowing how to like find people's like things they like and hot button topics right? and using that to like manipulate people. And she does that. Ah. Um, and so she manipulates him and then she kind of gets in and, you know, the film's building and everything and it, it the, you can tell there's going to be a break at some point in the yeah. relationship that Ingrid has with Taylor. There are hints funding. of that in the trailer. Right. Yeah. And, and you're kind of building towards it and, you know, you're wondering what's going to happen. And there's some really funny, humorous type moments that are kind of going on and happening throughout the course thing. There's a really awkward, like, lovemaking scene between <laughs> her and Dan, Ingrid and Dan. And it's like one of the funniest, weirdest, again, very much like laughing, like, hey, hey. <laughs> like, I shouldn't be laughing at how awkward this is, but, it, you know, uh, again, she embraces the Batman type stuff, so okay. I don't want to go into too much detail there. Um, but, you know, as she's getting closer to Taylor, you can start to see where there's some cracks in her yeah. personality, some cracks and in, in flaws in who she is, and um, then some cracks start to form in the relationship yeah. that she has with Ingrid, because Ingrid's using um, Taylor, and Taylor likes that attention but the moment that something better comes along where she can use the attention to further her you know career as this socialite type person on yeah. the internet on instagram then she jumps on that and then ingrid's like left with what the crud yeah. and so it's 
it's very interesting to see that kind of building. And then part of the way through her brother, uh, Nikki, who's played by Bill Magnuson or Magnuson, I'm not sure. Uh, he comes into the picture and I loved this guy. I hated him, but I loved him at the same time. He <laughs> plays this really smarmy, like cocksure, very like, you know, muscle, like, you know, obviously frat boy kind of guy yeah, that's yeah, grown yeah. up a little bit. Who's just smart enough to be dangerous. Like he's not stupid, but he wants to be stupid. He never, it's like, he's never grown out of his adolescence. Right. And so he's like always going around like flexing his muscles and being like, Oh, look how buff I am. But like, he's smart enough to figure out like, and they show this in the trailer, like how to get in, like how to trick people and how to manipulate people like his sister, but in a much more smarmy way to yeah. like get what he wants and he uses his good looks and he uses, so they're very, and that's, that's one of the reasons why it's so great. Every, every character in this film makes sense. You know, okay. you could yeah, see yeah, these yeah. type of people in real life. He and her take after each other, like him, brother and sister. They very, they love each other, and they both use that manipulative type tactic yeah. to kind of get what they want. He just does it in a worse way, yeah, in a sense. And then there's the husband character, which is important to the film, but he's more of sort of a backseat type character, Taylor's husband. Yeah. Um, but you can tell that in and of itself, he's also sort of a victim of this girl Taylor and kind of the way that Taylor wants to be and act. But he. He embraces that sort of that lifestyle. It's it's interesting because I think in our modern day culture, you know, there it, it has a social commentary aspect sure. of like what kind of front, like what kind of you know, we we put ourselves out there for people to look at us a certain way. And I'm not attacking I'm hopefully I'm not coming across like I'm attacking anybody. And I don't think this film necessarily attacks anybody as well. It really just sort of attacks that mindset of manipulating people into getting them to do what you want through very false means, through Instagram, through social media, um, putting up false fronts and everything like that. But then... Like Littlefinger. Yeah, but <laughs> it, I can't... I don't want to discuss again the end yeah. because there's some there's some real presentation, I think, of the theme of the entire movie comes through at the very end. Okay. Um, when you see sort of the way it plays out and what happens with the different characters and you get a sense of like, oh, that's what all this was sort of leading to that's what I needed to kind of maybe think about a little bit okay? because it's presenting again, those two ideas of social media and then also sort of the way that we present ourselves in culture. And so I just really, I I don't want to go too much more into it. I think the humor was funny as well and original. The awkwardness was definitely there, but even at times um, just the way that, people would do things and interact with each other. Um, the girl Taylor, um, played by Elizabeth Olsen, she was just perfect for this role. She's like, oh my God, I was gonna ask so because perfect. Almost like the way right away, is. almost right away, I didn't recognize that it was Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Because uh, everything I've seen her in recently, she has brown hair. Right, because she's in the Avengers and everything She's in like the that. Avengers, she's, she's, in, yeah, she's in Wind she's River, she's in uh, Godzilla. Right. And so I was like, Oh, okay, yeah. And right. then I saw it and I was like, okay. She cool. plays such an amazing, like hipstery type character. Instagram star. Instagram star. Yeah. And it's like <laughs> it's perfect. And I, you know, cool. again, I'm not trying to attack anybody, but I think satire asks questions of you. Right. And that's what I like so much about satire, but it does it in a very funny like you could just watch this film and enjoy the characters and enjoy the crazy kind of awkward you know, squirming yeah. nature of it and humor of it, and it progresses well. But you can also get some really good questions out of it. And it's, I think, I wish more films were like coming out like well, this. Well, it's got a 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's doing really well. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and I would, this out of all the films that I think that have come out over the summer, again, this is limited release, so it's not going to be everywhere. Um, you know, I would just really encourage people, if they get a chance when it comes out, 
streaming on whatever service. I'm sure it's going to have a bunch of different streaming, you know, places that it's at streaming when it comes out. Definitely yeah. check it out and uh, enjoy it. So it's cool. Um, yeah, the satire of social media obsession, incept, uh, obsession and hipster culture, uh, very self-examinatory type film, cool. uh, but in a very fun, engaging, and interesting way. Um, so, rating. Yeah, I give that rate indeed. I give this one an A. A. Yeah, which is kind of not been common for us. Uh, Ninety-four. Ninety-four. Wow. Yeah. So I think some of the weakness. That's what I give Baby Driver. I think. Yeah, I mean, it was enjoyable enough to the point where I wasn't even. I was just watching it. I wasn't even yeah. taking notes during the film. Um, the soundtrack is perfect at times. I oh, mean, cool. there's a really funny scene where they're driving in the car. Boys to men. No, yeah, boys to men, and, yeah. and they're kind of singing with each other. And you know, Elizabeth Olsen's character is just kind of singing. You know, that they want to be together and they're best friends forever. And then Aubrey's like looking at her, and it kind of switches because you can tell she's just kind of enjoying it. But then as soon as like um, Elizabeth Olsen's character is not paying attention, your eyes, like even her eyes, at times just change into that like stalkery like i really want right. to stay with you like, you know oh it's, okay wait i should point out it's it's casey and jojo oh casey and jojo sorry yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. not boys, not to, boys men. to men yeah gotta clarify similarly, similarly <laughs> but yeah i mean the way that her face at times yeah. just switches from like oh yeah like she's putting up a front yeah. to like stalker intensity <laughs> mode it's just beautiful the way that that happens at times I've really well you. directed <laughs> yeah That's so uh definitely go see it so yeah 94 nice Cool. Any uh, any thoughts, questions? No, that's that's actually cool. I was gonna ask about uh, Elizabeth Olsen, but no, that's, that's really cool. She seemed funny in the trailer. Trailer, trailer seemed funny. I'll yeah, check it out. This is so. a film that I think everybody that's involved with can be very proud of, very cool. happy with. So yeah. hopefully, good things to come from Matt Spicer and from Neon Studios, as well as the cast and crew. Keeping it spicy. Cool. Then uh, let's move on to uh, a different sort of film, man. Okay. Uh, we're going to be talking about Tulip Fever. And this is the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Not at all. Oh, no. Dang it. I keep getting that wrong. That would have been much more enjoyable this time. <laughs> yeah. I did not have a good time with this film. I'll just really? say at the get-go. But no. there are so many great actors and actresses in this. That was pretty much it. I mean, so, all right. So we're talking about Tulip Fever. <laughs> Let me give a brief synopsis here real quick. So an artist fools, falls, fools, yeah. Basically, fools. Yep, there you go. An artist falls for a young married woman while he's commissioned to paint her portrait during the tulip mania of 17th century Amsterdam. Uh, got a bunch of people. Where were you in the tulip mania of Amsterdam, 1770, whatever? I wasn't born yet. Oh, okay. I wasn't Shoot. even a thought yet, pretty okay. much. Uh, it's got Alicia Vikander as Sophia, Dane DeHaan, who we're still hoping for a good film from at some point, <laughs> uh, as Jean Van Luz. It's got Christoph Waltz as Cornelius, um, Holiday Granger as Maria, Jack O'Connell as William, Zach Galifianakis. Just, I don't it even seems know. seems like it fits so perfect. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I I really don't know why they, I mean, cast Zach Galifianakis for this, other than they were just trying to, I don't know, put some faces in there. So um, he plays a character named Garrett. Uh, you've got Judy Dench as the abbess, so he's the leader at St. Ursula. It's like a covenant. covenant. It's like M. Yep. <laughs> Matthew Morrison, Tom Hollander, Carrie Delevingne. Um, those are kind of the big names that huh. I want to mention. So, um, yeah. What to say about this film? So, visually, decently shot. I remember um, when I said, when I watched a trailer, Yeah. I uh, I thought that the um, production yeah. design and, and everything looked really good in the yeah. trailer. Like, as far as the time period and... Production design-wise, decent. Yeah. Um, but the... So the big, uh, I don't know if I want to get into the negatives yet, but there <laughs> there was a sense of 
modern feel and contextualization to the way that the characters acted, which because of the way that the characters acted and their modern sensibilities made the fact that they were dressed up so perfectly almost funny to me, which was Ah, unfortunate. Okay. If you know what I mean. So it's like, it would be like everybody dressing up in like, I don't know, you know, these Orthodox clothes and then being like, yo, what's up, bro? How you doing? Like, Mm. it's just, it, it didn't fit because it didn't, their sensibilities were wrong. So the clothes looked like just playing like these characters. Like they're dress up. Right. So it's unfortunate um, because that could have been really good and it was good for the most part. Did somebody like show up like Galifianak and say, yo, hey, what's up? No, but he's like constantly talking about how he's like a drunkard and how he like looks bad in these paintings. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like nobody back then would have been like, like, oh my, I was really drunk when you painted that. That looks, yeah. I look very poor when, I look very poor in that painting that you have made of me. Oh my god! And they had like, you know, he was like the guy that um, stood in for um, Dane DeHaan. He's a stand Dane DeHaan, yeah, he would stand there and Dane DeHaan would like paint using his body as like a body double type thing. Um, but he was always drunk and stuff. But I think one of the, the saddest wastes in this film was actually Christoph Waltz's okay. character. okay. So let me ask you this, Matt. Okay. Who do you think was the main character of this film? Just after seeing the trailer, uh, Alicia Vikander. Alicia Vikander. No. Okay. Uh, Dane DeHaan. No. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. Nope. Um, so it's Maria. Karen Delevingne. Maria. No, she was in it for like ten minutes at most. So the main character was Maria, Who's the one Maria? that. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> doesn't even really show up in the trailer. So Maria is this ki- uh, lady, uh, sorry, actress named Holiday. Vikander's on the poster. Yes, Vikander's she's the, on the only poster. person on the poster. Right. Um, she spends just as much time or less on screen, I would say, as Holiday Granger is. Holiday Granger is the main character of this film. She's the narrator. What? She's the maid, and like the assistant of sorts. To uh, she's the maid for Alicia Vikander character and Cornelius um, Cornelius's character Christoph played by Christoph Waltz. Um, she ends up becoming the main character of the story, despite her not being anywhere really in the trailer, having any appeal. And what the whole story is told is this kind of flashback, in a sense, of the events that were taking place during the tulip fever craze uh, in Amsterdam, which. I feel like that in and of itself would have been a much more interesting film yeah. of just the Tool of Fever trade. And it was almost like they were trying to do this Les Mis style thing where it was like these people care about each other, but they can't be together because of the money and the social class. And, you know, I need to, because two of the main, two of the characters, the main characters, Dane DeHaan, as well as um, Maria's love interest throughout the film, uh, Jack O'Connell. Um, he, they both use the tulip trade as a, as a pretense or as an attempt to try and raise the money to, and I'm going to spoil things in this film. I don't even care. <laughs> He's um, like, I don't even care. It's yeah. got a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> right, exactly. They both use the tulip <laughs> trade as a means to try to get a fortune built up to take their loved ones with them to a better life, to basically and go get, on to yeah, other things. And get more followers on Instagram. Right. So Alicia Vikander is merely married to Christoph Waltz in the film. Okay. And Christoph Waltz's character, Cornelius, is completely wasted, as I mentioned. You actually end up feeling really bad for Christoph Waltz's character, Cornelius. And if you watch the trailer, they make it out to almost be like this, you know, Alicia Vikander is like, she's been bought and she's being, you know, harassed and treated right. horribly. And he's looking down on her and he's forcing her into basically like this life of servitude. That's not like that at all. Um, wow. Christoph Waltz's character Cornelius is this really caring, 
loving guy that throughout the course of the film, he's even being told by people that are around him, like, send this girl away because he, I will say his original reason for maybe marrying her is bad. He wants to have a kid. Yeah. He basically wants to have a child to continue on because he's his fortune. He's raised his fortune through spices. Like Um, Matt Spicer. Right. So, but he picks a girl who was otherwise going to live in an orphanage her entire life, Mm -hmm. brings her with her, you know, orphan, orphan friend to be the servant and treats her really well. And even though she's not having a kid for him, which that could have been her fault. It could have been his fault. Right. Um, even though they're not having a kid, everybody's telling him, get rid of her, get rid of her. And he's like, no, I, I'm going to get, I, I, I love her. I care about her. I want to be with her. And a lot of that is like past issues that he had, yeah. but he sticks with it. And it's just, so Alicia Vikander's character, Sophia ends up falling in love with Dane DeHaan's character, the artist, when he comes in to do the mural of them, which it's the most forced thing ever. It's literally, he shows up, they look at each other. So Sophia and Dayton's character, okay. uh, Jean, they look at each other and then they're like in love. They like and raise eyebrows at each other. Yeah, basically. She, it's, and then he paints her right, the heart he, of the like, ocean. There's like the awkward, like tense moment. And really, the and, and so she, Sophia has this moment where she's like, no, I shouldn't do this. And she says to like, let the guy go. But then one night she's, you know, getting, getting it on with Christoph Waltz's character, Cornelius. And she just suddenly decides... This is not good enough. I need Dainan. So it's literally while Weird. they're having, you know, intercourse yeah. with each other, they, she decides that she needs better intercourse. So she's like, she just basically starts cheating on, you know, Cornelius's character. Whoa. Right. So you end up more or less hating her after this point, even though it's so it's weird. Just, so she just does that, and so they end up hooking up, and then the the rest of the time is really about this them trying to pretend like. And so not only that, but then a partway through the script, for pretty much no reason at all, she's kind of feeling bad for Cornelius. So Sophia is feeling bad for Cornelius because he wants this kid. And he did these things in his past where he feels really bad about them, even though it's right, really not right. his fault. And I don't think he did anything all that horrible. Where he kind of, his wife was pregnant and he was saying that, you know, if if she, if, because she's dying during the pregnancy, he's like, please at least save my child. Right. And that doesn't sound that bad, right? You right. know, like, I at least, I at least want to have my kid. Like, if you have to take the two, please save my kid, which is horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bad decision to have to make, but understandable. But because of that, he's, like, racked by guilt. And he, like, opens up about it to Sophia. And so Sophia lies for no reason at all, flat out lies to him and says, I'm pregnant. And so then the next chunk of the film is them trying to pretend like she's she's actually pregnant when the actual pregnancy is with Maria. And so Maria is, like, yeah, so Maria's pregnant, so and then crazy. Willem gets sold off, more or less, and well, he gets like conscripted into the military and shipped off in a boat because he's he's doing. It's it's all just so like what, what it sounds what? weird, depressing, and, and like I don't want to root for yeah, the person I thought I was going to be rooting right, for. Right, and then twenty five percent of the movie was them just running around, like them running from here to there, and then running from there to there, literally and, running. Yeah, like the characters would be like, or well, walking and running, like moving quickly from like their building to like the tulip place, or like Sophia going to meet John, or John going to meet Sophia, or Willem going to meet Maria. It's like literally the characters just walking. There's like three scenes where it's like somebody trying to beat somebody to some other location. Um, the end of the film is like you know the 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 big one of the big climaxes is. And there's like three climaxes, and none of them are all that interesting. Um, uh, Zach Galifianakis' char- character has to go pick up these tulips, um, or this like bulb, which is like this 
plant that it's it's the tulip but it's yeah. prior to you know turning yeah, into a flower plant, right. right so he has to go pick it up and it's worth like a bunch of money yeah and so instead of allowing dane de han's character um to go pick that up to pay off these debts that he has they force him to stay in his house while zach galifianakis who's a drunkard goes and picks these up and i'm like can't you just take your entire crew with you right. to pick up the bulb. They're like, no, you have to. So of course, you know, Zach ends up getting drunk. And so it's this like, this literally the entire end scene is just about him trying to beat his own like self-consciousness of like being addicted to alcohol. And it has nothing to do with the story. That's weird. They never built up anything. And then Cara Delevingne literally was there for like two seconds. It could Her character could have been played by anybody and it okay. didn't have to have any significance to the plot ever ever she stole so what ends up happening is willem enters the tulip trade makes a bunch of money he's going to go save maria from the servitude type stuff okay even though she's not really a servitude type thing um she steals the money from willem yeah and then he gets shipped off into <laughs> so she takes wow. the money from him which could have been played by like some little kid or some guy some mugger could have just taken the money i could have taken um, the money yeah anybody you could yeah. have yeah so she takes the money from him and then at the end of the film, she kind of helps Dane DeHaan's character get the money for the, because the tulip trade fails, like it completely collapses, and she helps to like reinvigorate it. Is it like Pokemon cards? No, not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. But I don't know either. Yeah. But, um, so she helps <laughs> to like reinvigorate the tulip trade, I guess in a sense, the to the Pokemon cards, sure. like everybody's collecting Pokemon yeah, cards and, and it's not nearly it's as, not as popular. Yeah. yeah like, the modern day would, you know, Beanie Babies was a good example. From back in the yeah, day. Yeah. Now it's the, what are those little dolls? Uh, Funko dolls. Those uh, pop. Funko uh, Pops. Yeah. Um, That's kind of big bo- yeah. popular thing right now. So kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but she, so she helps to like restart the trade. So Dean DeHaan character can make a bunch of money. But then that ends up being completely pointless because Zach Galifianakis' character um, fails. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. make it back in time. So then Sophia, who I already really don't like. Yeah. Nobody because does. of one lying to her husband about being pregnant, one cheating on her husband, even though he's treated her very nicely. She's the not part, the main character. Right? She's not the main character. Decides that finally, after she's so they set up this, her and Maria set up this elaborate situation with this fake doctor where they're going to pretend that, um, that Sophia's having a baby, right? Having the baby, even though Maria is, and then at birth, switch the baby and pretend like the baby's hers. Wow. Right? Yeah. So like, they're going to both pretend like they're, she's going to, Sophie's going to pretend like she's having a baby. Maria's going to pretend like she's not. And so they, they go through the whole thing and then they pretend like, and again, spoilers here, but Sophia pretends like she died during childbirth. Oh my god. So Cornelius is left with this gut wrenching guilt of, so I got my wife pregnant, then she dies during childbirth and I have the child after he had previously felt like his wife and child had died because of his desire for them to, um, just to have the baby at least. Right. Because of him saying that. So he gets up for that feeling. So she pretends to be dead. And then after all that's happened, then she suddenly like comes to terms with it and realize how horrible it is that she's done this. <laughs> and so she realizes that and she runs all the way back home after setting up Dane DeHaan's character, goes all the way back home, then looks through the window, sees um, Cornelius with the baby and goes, crud, I feel really bad about having faked all this but he looks so happy and just runs off so she literally just runs away weird she doesn't man. go back to Dana Han. she doesn't go back to Cornelius and then the whole truth comes out like five minutes later 
Willem shows up because he'd been sent off, whatever, comes back and Willem shows up and Maria's like, oh my gosh, you're back. Where have you been? And and, he, and she's like, this is your baby. And Cornelius just happens to overhear her explanation of the entire thing, oh which I would gosh. never, why would you, it's like, she's in the house with the door open and Cornelius is standing right there and she does like, doesn't even look. So Cornelius leaves, signs over his entire house to them. And it's just kind of this weird, like, Everybody just kind of goes on with their lives. That's so strange. So Willem and Maria get the house. Cornelius goes and has kids with some person in like the Andes. Uh, <laughs> the same place where you get yeah. the mints from Olive Garden. Yeah, right? John, okay. Juan, whatever, John, whatever guy. John Juan. John Von Luce. He ends up painting a mural after eight years, paints a mural in the, the Abbey where he finally sees that <laughs> Sophia is there. Oh my God. And then when he sees her eight years later, they just stare at each other and she walks off. So it's like eight years later and he's like, and he, you can, he's still in mourning over this. He's like, oh, I feel bad because I keep seeing her in my paintings. And he's like painting the mural and she like walks by because she went back to the Abbey and he like looks down and sees her and she smiles at him and he smiles at her and then she just walks off. It's like, what? What? It like, doesn't the, make the, sense. It's, yeah. It sounds like they're trying to make it some sort of like a tragic or tragedy thing. And then it was just like. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I probably done a horrible job of explaining this. I'm just trying to talk about how ridiculous the plot was. 10% Joel. The story, it's, it's a 10%. The story was so discombobbled and misconstructed and there was no good characters. They tried to give you a couple moments where they talk about like backstories of characters, but yeah. it doesn't matter because it's just stupid stuff that they're doing. Would um, you say that in the end it doesn't even matter? Absolutely. It okay. doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even, and here's the thing. They could have just made this movie to make it like kind of spicy and like it felt like what they were going for more was like really sultry and like, okay. you know, like, ooh, look at these like hot people. Like, but it's like one, it's this completely different era where everybody's probably like nasty, horrible breath. Yeah. And like they never bathe. Yeah. And like all this other stuff. Um, so it's like that's the least like sexy, to, you know. Yeah. It sounds period. like a they all soap those opera. Big, yeah. They all have those big like puffy collars on yeah. and everything. It's like, so like there was nothing like sultry about it. Um, so it felt like they were kind of maybe trying to go for that, but because the characters were so stupid and horrible, you don't really care. Yeah, everything was misconstrued. There's a scene. That, I don't want to go too far into detail this, but <laughs> Christoph Waltz like has like a pre. I don't know what you would call it. Like prior to uh, making love to his wife, okay, he has like a process that he goes through, like a ritual, like a ritual. Yeah, okay. where he must talk to parts of his anatomy <laughs> to like, get his game face on. Oh my God. Yeah, that's like the sense that you get the whole film of like, what? Like, what? Why? What? What? And so like, yeah, he's like game facing and he's like, like, yeah. all right, little buddy, let's do this. We can, and he calls it like his little corporal or something like that. I oh forget my exactly. Yeah, so just like horrible, stupid stuff, man. And just oh, geez. really bad sense of uh, anything. So you film. like this one better than Inger Goes West. Not at all. Oh, okay. No, this was like the exact opposite. I'm glad that I did see Ingrid. Otherwise, it would have been a really bad weekend for me for film. So overall, um, I'd say music wasn't that great either. Um, visual style was good for the most part. I mean, the cinematography was okay, but the weird direction, it was like literally they, they had like one take for things and it yeah. felt like the second AD was kind of second or first AD was like on set and was saying like, okay, you people walk this way and don't look at the camera. And, and like, so nobody was like really in character, even in like the setting. Yeah. You know, everybody was like just following like this, this hitting their marks, motion, or hitting their yeah. marks sort of a thing. And it's like, okay, we need a basket to like fly from left to right. And so we're going to like do that now. It's, 
hard to explain, but it felt very staged um, with a lot of stuff. Um, Costuming was good. Like you said, the design, the wardrobe and costuming was good, but that only takes you so far. Right, right, Acting wasn't awful, but it was just stupid characterization. And Cornelius' character, again, was wasted. I never talked about that. This is the last thing I'll say. We'll rate it, but... Christoph Waltz can be an amazing actor. Yeah. Um, he was this, he was an idiot and stupid and completely just doofusy yeah. throughout the entire film. And I felt like they could have gotten a much more, because Christoph Waltz can play a very interesting, kind of silly, fun character. Yeah. Uh, an otherwise very somber film. But he just played like a stupid, he just came across as being really stupid. Really yeah. Dumb. Well. So Bummer. it would have actually been better if they had switched Kristoff with Zach, I felt like, because <laughs> Zach plays a much better character of what Cornelius was. But he didn't fit within the tone of the film because the whole film was trying to go for a very serious, right, right, somber right, right. type dark thing. That's crazy. So Yeah. I so I give this film an F. F? What kind of an F? I uh, give it a 47. Who 47. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish there'd been something there for me to hold on to, but there really wasn't too much. I... I it is a pretty low rating, even for saying that the cinematography was decent, but it it really doesn't deserve a whole lot of credit for that. I mean, it felt like it could have been a made for TV movie for sure. Gotcha. So it was slightly better, the slightly better quality to the actual film. So there you go. Wow. Awesome. Any other wow. thoughts, questions? No. Um, I will. <laughs> I will not be rushing to the theaters to see this movie. Yeah, I don't think this is going to make it anywhere. So I mean, yeah. we talked about it last thing. It's gone. That this could have been. It looked like they were trying to make it into this film that would do like an Oscar run, but the the story and plot and everything was so horrible that there's no way it could have even yeah. approached it. Yeah. So, all right. So we'll go ahead and then and wrap things up on the podcast. Some good ways For to get sure. connected again. Uh, check out our website, realviewmedia.com. You can also check us out on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash realviewmedia. Uh, in addition, you can email us at realreviewmedia at gmail.com. And then we'd love to connect you on Instagram at realviewmedia after I spend all this time talking about our social media right. um, addiction. <laughs> on Joel, you're canceling your Instagram account when you get, when you get off I've the air? I've already done it. Okay, it's I gone. Canceled it, suspended it. Okay, yeah, cool. It's all gone. Yeah, <laughs> not really. So we'd love to follow, uh, have you follow us there and check out what we got going on. So feel free to do so. Do it. All right. Anything else, Matt? No, that's it. All right. It's been real. It's been real.